At the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say... Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. Every day at 11 a.m. Central, we seek to encourage and inspire you to a deeper faith in Jesus with the help of our spiritual directors. I'm Patrick Conley. Well, if you do go to Mass regularly, I'm sure you recognize those words I said at the top of the show, at the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say. In fact, I'll just bet it was tough not to begin the Our Father. You might have even begun it, or even prayed it all the way through. How old were you when you learned the Our Father? Do you even remember learning it? I don't think I do. Well, not really, anyway. I can't remember rehearsing it, and I can't even pinpoint the time when it finally stuck. But maybe for you, you learned it as part of the preparation to receive your first Holy Communion. Or maybe you knew it long before then. Well, regardless of when you learned it, I hope you've prayed it countless times since then and that it's still part of your daily prayer routine, whether it's praying the rosary, the liturgy of the hours, or going to daily Mass. And speaking of daily Mass, the Gospel lesson for today is from the Gospel of Luke, and it is the narrative of Jesus teaching his disciples the Our Father. This prayer has come to us from the lips of the Lord himself and it's facilitated the contemplation of Almighty God for saints and sinners alike, from apostles to airline pilots, from the desert fathers to stay-at-home moms, people from all walks of life pray the Lord's Prayer. But since it's His prayer, you can be assured that you can always discover new levels of profundity within it, along with new insights into what it means for your life. Today we're talking about living out the Our Father, Let's say hello to our spiritual director for the hour. Father Jim Goins is the pastor of St. Eugene Parish in Oklahoma City. Welcome back to the program, Father. Thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you for having me. Wonderful to be with you on this October day. And we just did a show on the rosary yesterday, Father, and I thought it would be appropriate to to delve into the Our Father, which, of course, is prayed multiple times during each rosary as well. So... Um, maybe just start us out. Uh, you know, it does come from our Lord Himself. Why does the uh, Why does Jesus give us the Our Father? And maybe specifically, of course, in the Gospel of Matthew, anyway, it comes right in the context of the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe introduce us to that a little bit. The prayer, which is called the Perfect Prayer, because it came from the Lord Himself was given to us at the request of the apostles. Teach us to pray. As John the Baptist taught his disciples how to pray, teach us how to pray. And the Lord, in one of the accounts, mentions that there's no need to babble on, there's no need to uh, you know, multiply our words, thinking that the sheer multiplication will cause... God to do what we want him to do, manipulate him somehow. It's a very simple prayer, of course, a very elegant prayer. And within that one prayer, it's perfect not just because the Lord gave it to us, but also because within that one prayer, there is the entirety of the Christian life. It's amazing when you contemplate it and study it. Uh, Yeah. 
It is. It's it's a profound prayer, and I know that it's been uh, dissected numerous times by uh, by scholars, and and not just by scholars, but by those who are looking to go deeper into the the meaning of it. What what would you say? What strikes you as making it the perfect prayer, other than the fact that it's from the, our Lord Himself, Father? In my own personal opinion, its perfection is that it introduces us to a new concept of understanding our relationship to the Almighty. It is not simply a projection of our expectations about God. It's a revelation. We are commanded by Christ, taught by Christ, to call God our Father. And in the Mass, when we introduce this, and the priest says, we dare to say, our Father, that is an echo of how astonishing the prayer must have seemed to the apostles when they first heard it, that God is not some faraway deity unable to understand our plight. God is our Father, our loving Father, who sees us as his sons and daughters. And I think it has to be coupled with understood in its entirety only after reading of rereading, rereading the prodigal son parable, or sometimes called the parable of the forgiving father. Because if we dare to call God our father, then the question becomes, well, what sort of father is he? How is it that he can be our father? And the parable shows us what the Lord means by father. Uh, biological fathers, spiritual fathers, you know, are only fathers if they, their lives conform to the generosity of God, our father, if their lives conform to the holiness of God, our father, the care of God, our father. It's a beautiful concept just to contemplate as you step into that prayer. It takes you a moment to realize where we are once we enter the prayer. We are in the presence of our loving Father. Right, right. And if that's the case, then certainly that says something um, about, like you said, Father, our relationship to God. But it also says something about ways in which to view ourselves, right? I mean, if we, if God is our Father, then we are children of God. Exactly. Exactly. And no matter where we are in our life, I mean, we could be the best Catholic imaginable, or we could be, you know, the most lapsed Catholic imaginable, we are still sons and daughters of God. Our relationship to him does not change by our behavior. We remain sons and daughters. Now, of course, we can be a very uh, distant son to God or a very distant daughter. We can be on the run, but he remains our loving father. Mm. Yeah. Father Jim Goins is our spiritual director today as we're talking about living out the Our Father or living it into our our daily lives of following after our loving Heavenly Father. And 
accepting his love and living in that love. And if you have a time when you uh, have prayed the Lord's Prayer and maybe there was a new level of insight that the Lord dropped into your life, maybe you've come to appreciate the prayer more and more. What was it? What is it that you appreciate about the prayer? Maybe the prayer has facilitated some great growth spiritually for you. Let us know what that is. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. As we're talking about this, as you said, Father, this perfect prayer that is given to us by our Lord himself. Well, it seems to me uh, that prayer, maybe, maybe all prayer falls into this category, but prayer does not just inform uh, our our mental contemplation of God, but contemplation in and of itself moves us into living it out uh, to the how we approach our day-to-day lives. And as we're just already talking about how God is our loving Father and we are his children, his beloved children, then that has something to say at how we inform or how to, it has something to inform how we live out our lives every day. Uh, and if that's the case, then it seems like the whole of the prayer has things that we need to carry into our lived-out spiritual lives each and every day. Absolutely. One thing that that I was struck with, I was listening to the Pope's book on our, the Our Father, his reflections, and notice he mentioned this. Notice that we don't say, my Father, who art mm-hmm. in heaven. It's our Father, meaning then his sons and daughters are my brothers and sisters. And again, you know, in the parable of the prodigal son, the the problem that the elder son had was that he he had no sympathy for his brother, had trouble referring to him as his brother. He says to the father, your son, that son of yours, and the father gently says, your brother. When I pray the Our Father, it's important for me to realize that I have no personal claim to God. He isn't simply my God. We are all his children, and I must reconcile with God, but I must also reconcile with my brothers and my sisters, which is built into the prayer, of course, part of its perfection. Mm -hmm. It's an excellent point that we have to always remember that uh, the others are our brothers and sisters as well. And I'm also thinking, Father, that in our earthly relationships, and I mean, you've already mentioned the parable of the the prodigal son or the generous father, however you want to put it, but from Luke chapter right, 15. Right. Um, but I'm also thinking that, yeah, I, there are those who would struggle with the imagery of God as father because of perhaps an earthly father relationship that has not gone well. Any advice in that particular category? I think it's important to acknowledge that when one comes into prayer, to acknowledge that the earthly father is a wounded reality. There are many, many people who struggle with their earthly fathers who may have been, you know, absent or imperfect or uncaring or abusive even. But we have to remember that this is a totally different concept of father. This is the father they should have been. And there's something very healing about acknowledging and moving close to the fatherhood of God. 
So if there is this absent father figure in your life, then draw near to God, your father. Reflect more deeply on the fatherhood of God and know that even if your earthly father will not give you the things you need, your heavenly father will. Right, and I'm thinking about the things that we need, and that that's part of the that's a, a large part of the prayer as well. We are we are asking God for so many things. I believe it's traditionally said that there are seven petitions in the Our Father that uh, we are asking God to provide. And one of the things that strikes me, even before I want to get into those, Father, with you, but um, one of the things that strikes me about that is that in and of itself, the prayer is ordering our desires even by our just praying it. It's, it's helping us to recognize these things that we, we should desire, that we should seek for our own spiritual lives. Is that correct? Exactly. You'll notice in the prayer that it, it first orders our thoughts and our desires to acknowledge the Creator, the Father, and to acknowledge His holiness and to acknowledge that he has a will. He is involved in our lives. He has a will for our lives. And this, this acknowledgement that his will must be done. You know, we must surrender ultimately to his will. I love that about the prayer, that it, it first moves us into the transcendent, moves us into heavenly realms. We acknowledge that God exists in holiness, hallowed be thy name. We acknowledge that he, where he is, there is heaven. It's not like where heaven is, he is there. It's where God is, there is heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's only after we place ourselves in this immense divinity that is, you know, come close to us, draw near to us, then we begin to ask God for the things we need. That's an excellent point, Father, that we're, we're drawn into the presence of Almighty God by the, by, just by saying our Father and by saying, hallowed be thy name. And one question I think I would have uh, personally about that, obviously God's name is holy, is hallowed in and of itself. Is there a bit of a, you know, may your name be hallowed, may it become be more respected and honored for what it is by others who may at this point still be fleeing from it. Is, is there a little bit of, a, of almost an evangelistic nudge in that direction with that, too? I think you're right on point there. I think you're correct. And we live in a world that so casually invokes the name of the Almighty in an unholy manner. Hmm. So the Christian, when the Christian prays, the Christian must acknowledge that even that even to to utter the name of God who is father that this is the name of God for Christians is father our father to even utter that name then means we we bid his presence come to us and we must not do that irreverently we must not do that in a manner unworthy of his presence. Mm-hmm. 
It's a very important point from our spiritual director, Father Jim Goins, as we're talking about living out the Our Father today. When do you think you first learned the Lord's Prayer? How long has it been a part of your life? Is it a prayer that you pray often, frequently, many times a day? And most importantly, why is this prayer important to you? What role has it played in your spiritual life? Or maybe you have questions as well about how to enter in more deeply into the all that is the Our Father. Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Let's take a phone call. Eddie is calling in from Norwalk, California. Eddie, welcome to the program. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Hi. I have a, I had a, an absent father as a, as a young boy. You know, I mean, he was sometimes present. He was an alcoholic from a divorced family and everything. But, um, you know, we have to honor our father and our mother. Anyway, and so when younger, I used to pray a lot, or you know, our Father. But as I grow, grew older, you know, I realized I can pray what I want, and I feel like even God is an absent Father. Well, I hate to hear that. I find that to be um, very sad, and I promise that I will pray for you today that the Lord will reveal Himself to you and that you will come to know Him not as an absent father, but the loving father who is with you. And it is with you in his son, Jesus Christ, the movement of the Holy Spirit, the sacraments of the church, the prayers of the saints. You know, we, we believe in a personal God, a God who created you, who, named, who knew you, knew you before you were in your mother's womb and formed you and called you, and he has a plan for your life. So I will pray that this becomes evident to you, that the wound of your absent father, earthly father, will be healed, and you will be able to worship your heavenly father in truth and in love. Eddie, if I can just ask you, do you pray the Our Father yourself, Eddie? Yeah, and, and uh, I, you know, I, I, I tend to still do it, you know, but, but still, I feel like uh, God has abandoned, you know, humans really, sure. you know, and and it's been sad because you know so many uh, atrocities and so much, so many suffering, and I feel like you know our God is an absent father from some planet somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It may feel that way sometimes, but remember what. Paul wrote, we walk by faith, not by sight. We are called to be men of faith, you and I. And it may feel sometimes that the, that the world has been abandoned and left to its own sinful urges, but that is not true. God is there everywhere. And when we go in search of him, we will find him. Amen to that. Seek and you will find. Eddie, thank you for the call. Thank you for the honesty. I mean, I, I appreciate that very exactly, much. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Keep keep listening to the program here. I think the more we get into the Our Father, I think it will be helpful for, for understanding God's presence with us, even when he seems to be absent. And you're not alone in that either. Um, I think uh, it's a normal human capacity to think that, uh, to wonder where God is at certain times in our life, especially when we face trials and temptations. But, uh, Eddie, yeah, keep listening to the program. Keep listening to Relevant Radio. 
And we're going to take our first break uh, here on The Inner Life. We're speaking about living out the Our Father with our spiritual director, Father Jim Goins, who is the pastor of St. Eugene Parish in Oklahoma City. And if you have a time that the Our Father has meant something particularly meaningful to you, or if you do have a question about entering in more deeply to the Our Father, we'll take your calls at 888-914-9149 or your email at innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll be back right after this short break. Please stay with us. If you are in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Hey, let's talk about Christmas just for a minute, can we? Is that all right? Yeah, I know uh, big box stores have some Christmas decorations out already, and it kind of drives me up the wall. But here's the deal, is that we do need to plan ahead for this grand celebration of both Advent and Christmas. And uh, we've only we've got less than a week now that you can sign up to win one of 200 nativity sets that are valued at over $500 a piece. We want to make sure you have yours in plenty of time to display it outside your home all throughout Advent and Christmas. In order to win, in order to at least have a chance at winning, you need to go to relevantradio.com slash set, relevantradio.com slash set, and register before midnight central on October the 15th. So this is a way you can say more than just happy holidays, but Merry Christmas to your entire neighborhood with your own beautiful hand-painted nativity set in front of your home. Check it out again at relevantradio.com slash set. We are talking today about living out the Our Father with our spiritual director, Father Jim Goins. Let's go back to the phones, Father. We've got Ed, who's calling in from Los Angeles. Ed, welcome to the program. Thanks for calling in. Uh, hi. Uh, just, I said it, I'm born Catholic, and but I cannot say forgive. Forgive, because I, I cannot forgive the people what they did to us, you know. And mm. I'm sorry it's coming now with all this what's happening in Palestine. I'm originally my mother from Haifa, uh, from Jerusalem, you know, my father from Haifa, and we fled to Lebanon. But what we saw in 1948, which most people here, they don't read history. They don't know what happened to the Palestinians. So I'm from there to Lebanon to here to United States. So we left everything. We can't go back. We can't have properties. We can't. So I cannot forget them. That's it. What they did to us is unbelievable. I think we get our, your your point there, Ed, and I'm sorry just to cut you off, but I want to give Father a chance to respond. So, Father, what about that? What about if we if something you know tr- terrible, traumatic, like as as Ed is describing, has happened to us, and and, and we're struggling with forgiveness? Maybe we just we're at a place of refusing forgiveness. Um, how does the Our Father help us in that? Well, to begin, I I just want to say I'm someone who has a great deal of sympathy for the Palestinian people. And I think the caller is absolutely correct that many Americans have no idea the full story. However, forgiveness begins in this life. And even if you don't feel that you can forgive now, if you at least will pray the prayer, sometimes praying the Our Father, even if we feel that we don't believe it or can't do it, 
the prayer recreates us. Praying the prayer will recreate you and will help to, to heal the wounds. And then, of course, forgiveness. We're Catholics. Forgiveness is important in this life, and it will carry over into the next life if it has to. The purgatorial process, for example, I would urge Ed to, you know, to at least look at the pain of the world and realize until we forgive, until forgiveness begins, then we are trapped in an endless cycle of violence and counterviolence. You know, without forgiveness, then the world is doomed. And the Lord presents us with a path, a way to the Father, which is the only way out of violence and hatred, and the only way out of just being stuck in perpetual anger. So forgiveness does not mean that you have to say, yeah, sure, come grab more stuff, do more harm. No, that's not what forgiveness means. Forgiveness is, I will not return hate for hate. I will not return violence for violence. Forgiveness is different than what many people seem to think it is. Would you say, Father, that uh, actually in the uh, praying of the Our Father is what can, and in its entirety, is what can help to move us there even if we're not there? I mean, is it is it fruitful to pray it even if we know that we're struggling to offer forgiveness? Absolutely fruitful, essential that we pray it even when we're not sure that we believe it. I, I love that man in the gospel who says to Jesus, I believe help my unbelief. So this is where the caller is, and for very good reason. You know, it's that I believe, help my unbelief. And the prayer, you know, if you will enter into that prayer and pray that prayer, it will help you to to overcome the wounds and the hatreds and to escape that terrible trap of of, you know, hatred. Yeah, yeah. Ed, uh, I hope that helps a lot. I understand your your frustration. Your Well, I, I can't enter into it, but I can imagine it. Um, and I would uh, I certainly thank you for calling into the program today. And, yeah, you have our prayers as well. Hopefully um, God's love, mercy, healing, forgiveness, and peace can enter your life and the life of all your loved ones as well. And, uh, Father, maybe I, one of the things, just to get back into the petitions uh, that we're asking of God during the our, when we pray the Our Father, one of the things that I would say, focusing in for a moment on the Thy will be done, just a little anecdote from my own life, is that I used to pray that over and over and over again, um, as I prayed each Our Father, of course, and but it never occurred to me that this had... Uh, personal ramifications. <laughs> in other words, um, I always thought, well, if yeah. God's will is done out in the world, that's that's great. I would love to see God's work uh, being done, God's will being done out in the world. And then it occurred to me, it just kind of hit me upside the head from I don't know where, but uh, it was one of these things that, wait a minute, 
I'm asking for his will to be done in my life. And that was a huge transition for me as I was praying. And it was probably years into praying the Our Father that this happened. Any comments on that particularly when we're praying for God's will to be done? I've always said that that is the uh, scariest part of the Lord's Prayer. I mean, mm, yeah. I, I've told people before, I mean, have you ever been afraid to give your life over to God because you're afraid he might mess it up? You know, I have my life the way I want my life, the, what I want to do, the, you know, my uh, agenda. But if I open it to God's will, it may not be my will. It may be different. And that is that leap of faith that, to me, that part of the prayer, you know, you're in the depth of, of prayer at that point. And to hand over your life, your heart, your future, I love those prayers of abandonment. Mm-hmm. I know that Thomas Merton wrote one. Uh, Blessed Charles Facade wrote one. But those prayers of abandonment, you know, that just turn everything over to the will of God. It's frightening, but stunning. And if you're able to do it, it opens up a totally new horizon of your faith life. Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, it did for me, and that's been one of the powerful ways that the Our Father has influenced my life. That's what we're talking today, too, uh, here on the program, is how has the Our Father significantly influenced your life and how you live out your life in relationship with your Heavenly Father? If you have a testimony to give, a question to ask, our spiritual or our spiritual director is Father Jim Goins, and our phone number is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, um, then let's, I think we need to talk about give us this day our daily bread. What's going on there, Father? I mean, I, I, there's a whole number of things that jump into my mind when I hear that. But how would you, how would you say that if someone had just asked you, as I am, I guess, um, give us this day our daily bread? What are we asking? When I was listening to Pope Francis's book on the Our Father, his reflection, he mentioned the pilgrim's bread, you know, our daily bread, not luxury, not, you know, not conspicuous consumption, but our daily bread, that which we need, and how often bread is the meeting place between man and God. So when we ask for our daily bread, there are so many things in that image. It is that which I need this day. And in a world that is still plagued with hunger, it is literally, you know, let us give food, bread to those who are hungry. Many of the early church fathers saw that as the bread of Eucharist. And as a priest, When I pray the Our Father as a priest, the first image that comes into my heart when I pray that is, Lord, come to me in the bread of Eucharist. Come to me in the bread and the wine of Eucharist. Give me my daily bread. So that image of bread encapsulates almost all the needs of the one praying the prayer. Everything that we need is encapsulated in that image of bread. Right. 
It's always been interesting to me too, Father, that there's that it's our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. In other words, you know, we're not asking for storehouses full of bread so we're good for of uh, you know yes. decades. Yes. We're not asking for uh, right. Yeah, we're not we're not uh, asking for an endowment so we're set up you know for for years to come. But yeah, <laughs> because that's, we need to go back to our God. Right. Tomorrow. Right. This is a day in day out relationship. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 That's, that's right. Yeah. Um. All right, and uh, well, I do want to get into the forgiveness piece too, but maybe one more thing on on give us this day our daily bread as well. And like you said, Father, one of the things I like about what you said is that this is really encapsulating all of our needs. And so we look to our loving Heavenly Father to provide our physical needs and our spiritual needs as well. Um, but this is true for any needs that we might have, true, uh, too, as well, like uh, relational needs between human relationships. Um, the need... As going back to Ed's call, the need to be able to come to a place of forgiveness. Um, all these things are encapsulated yes. in that, right? Yes. Yes, the need for family wounds to be healed, the need to be able to forgive those who have sinned against us, to be able to sit, think of it, to be able to sit down and to break bread with my brother, my sister. It's a, it's a the perfect prayer in part because all of these petitions, all of these images weave together. It's not like they're separate petitions. They build on one another, and they're all interrelated. It's amazing when you when you ponder it and think about it. It is. It really is. Again, speaking about living out the Our Father today, when was a time when the Our Father had a significant impact on your your life? And maybe that's right now. Maybe there's something that is that the Lord is drawing up within you that is drawing you closer to Him um, through your contemplation of these wonderful words, these petitions that we are asking of God, of our loving Heavenly Father, with each and every time we pray the Our Father. Give us a call. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address, if you prefer, is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Got more to come on The Inner Life, talking about living out the Our Father, and we'll take it all up right after this. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at RelevantRadio.com slash quest. We are back here on The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Engus are taking your phone calls today. And uh, Father Rocky, our executive director here at Relevant Radio, a friend of his once asked him to visit a dying acquaintance in the hospital to give him communion. But was his friend even Catholic? In a simple half an hour, everything changed. Hear their conversation in, and what good hands those are. This week's video, Eucharistic Encounter. Deepen your love for Christ in the Eucharist and sign up for this free video series at relevantradio.com slash encounter. That's relevantradio.com slash encounter. Our spiritual director today is Father Jim Goins, and we're talking about living out the Our Father. Let's go back to the phones, Father. Therese is calling in from Gilbert, Arizona. Therese, good morning. Welcome to The Inner Life. Good morning, gentlemen. 
I, um, Ed reminded me from his call, uh, an event that happened to me during with the Our Father, at, uh, when 9/11 occurred and the Twin Towers collapsed. Um, I had a, a small restaurant in a strip mall with about eight other businesses, and we were all scared, and we were all angry, and we didn't know what to do. So one of the girls in the restaurant said we need to pray, and she went to every one of those stores in that strip mall and and invited everybody in those the workers and everybody else to come out into the parking lot, and we all stood in a circle, and we prayed. We said a few words, and then I said, well, let's say in our Father, and I don't even know what faith everybody was. In fact, I think there were a few non-Christians even there, and um, it was the most beautiful thing. We all said the Our Father, and it was not only consoling, but it reminded me also of Ed's call that, you know, people, evil can steal things from you, your your families, your your belongings, but if you don't give them forgiveness, then they can steal what's even more important, and that's your closeness to God. And that's what the, our Father says to us. It's so simple and so amazing and so universal. And it was the most beautiful moment I can think of in that day that was so destructive. What a beautiful insight, and I'm going to borrow that. That is beautiful. You're absolutely correct. If we don't forgive, then evil steals the most precious thing we have, the most valuable thing we have. You know, it steals our humanity, our our faith in God, our common decency. That's beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful story, Therese. Thank you so much for calling in and offering that. And that's that's one of the just a, one example of the riches that we have in this wonderful prayer that the Lord has given us, the Our Father. And uh, Father, we've we've talked some about this too, but there there is, and it's worthy of note that when we're talking about that, um, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Let's just make it explicit, this connection between our receiving God's forgiveness and our duty, our responsibility to forgive others who have wronged us. Um, not always an easy pill to swallow, but it seems to be that that's there in, in plain terms for us right there in the Our Father. And not only in the Our Father, in the teachings of Christ throughout the New Testament, he twins the two. To forgive means that if I want the Lord to forgive me of my sins, I must be willing to forgive my brother of his. So this recurs in the New Testament. It's, you know, enshrined in the Our Father, but this comes up in the New Testament many times. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Well, Therese, thanks again for the call and for the beautiful testimony. Uh, just to give uh, give the whole of the prayer as much as we can uh, its due, then I, I think I would like to talk about lead us not into temptation, Father, because that seems to be... <laughs> Um, right. That seems to be, uh, I, I don't know, it's a little quizzical. Hour, exactly. We need another hour for this. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well, uh, take us into it in about 12 minutes or so we have remaining, <laughs> Father. Well, let me remind the listeners of this first. The Lord would have taught the prayer in Aramaic. This is the language that he spoke one of the, he probably spoke more than one language, but so he teaches the prayer in Aramaic. And then the prayer is translated into Greek 
for the Gospels. Mm. So what we really have to work with would be the Greek. And this line, lead us not into temptation, is very problematic for biblical scholars and for linguists. There are some who support the traditional translation, you know, lead us not into temptation. There are others who are critical of it, including His Holiness Pope Francis, Hmm. who believes it's a bad translation. Now, in in the Greek, the uh, lead us not into temptation can also be translated as test, right? And lead us could also be translated as put us, or lead us not to the place of testing. So there are different theories. Let me first give the Pope his due. Mm -hmm. The Pope has encouraged that it be changed to do not abandon us to our temptations. And I believe the Italian Church and the French Church, they've they've changed their translations to reflect that. You know, do not abandon us to temptation. Personally, I think that this is an allusion to the test of Abraham. Abraham is led to Moriah. The Lord tests him, tests his faith in the land of Moriah, you know, on that mountaintop. And personally, I think the translation makes best sense Put me not to the test. Lead me not to the test. In other words, don't test me as you tested Abraham. I would probably fail. That may be a minority view. It's interesting to me that the bishops in the English-speaking countries, as far as I know, have not been willing to change the long-standing lead us not into temptation. But your listeners should know that it is problematic in the best sense of that term. Scripture people love problems, folks. They love these kind of problems. (laughs) I don't mean bad. I mean, like, this is delicious to Scripture scholars. You know, what does this truly mean? How should it be translated? Right. And there are different theories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's very good. I'm sure one of those scripture scholars that would uh, really love this kind of problem, as you put it, Father, is our own Father Simon. And so tune in in a couple, or just over an hour now, to his show, Father Simon Says, at 1 p.m. Central. And uh, maybe you can pitch that question to him as well. We'll get multiple right. opinions on this. Yeah, right. yeah, it's very good. I tell you what, let's let's take a phone call that I think goes right along with this. Let's uh, go to Rudy calling in from Orange County, California. <laughs> He's been waiting patiently. Rudy, thanks for thanks for waiting. Welcome. Thank. Thank you. Uh, he hit it on the spot because I was going to bring up where the Spanish, which is more based on Latin, it says, do not let us fall into temptation. No nos dejes caer in tentación. You're right. In tentación. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do not let us fall into temptation. Yes, you're right. Exactly. Great. Yeah, was, that, was that what you were going to point out, Rudy? Look, is that right? Yes. Yes, the English and the Spanish interpretation there. Ah, very right. good. Right. So the different major languages, you know, translate it a bit differently. And I, I, I note that, too, because I do 
Spanish mass on the weekends as well as English mass. And, and I've always thought that's an interesting, small, but important difference in the way they translate it and the way the English uh, bishops have translated, English speaking bishops have translated it. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, very good. Well, Rudy, thanks for thanks for calling in yeah, on that. I mean, it, great, it's great. great that you. Yeah, and thanks for being patient as we got to that. We got to that petition itself, and uh, that's very interesting. I'd not heard um, your your take on that, Father, before about uh, do not test me as you did Abraham. I'm going to have to chew on that one for a while too. So, see, yeah, that's the minority opinion, Patrick, but but I think I'm right. all right well fair enough that's uh that's what we expect from our spiritual directors here on the inner life is that at least they're saying what they think to be right and (laughs) that's very good all right well um let's let's talk about then uh deliver us deliver us from evil deliver us from the evil one um what are we talking about here father i think that is one of the most important and overlooked parts of the prayer, you know, if I am going to escape the fires of hell, it will only be because I have been delivered from it by a good and gracious God who sent his son to die for me so that I would not face eternal death. Uh, That part of that prayer is almost shocking in how important it is for us to pray that on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, deliver me from evil, deliver me from eternal death, deliver me from the evil one, the clutches of the evil one. And in a world that has handed itself over to evil, I mean, I mean, look around, folks, a world that just has handed its soul over to the evil one. We Christians know how important it is for God to deliver us from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely true. But uh, the way that you're casting it there, Father, it's, and I think this is important just to note, is that it's it's an, kind of an ultimate grip of evil, right? Because when it comes to, some might see that as deliver me from suffering, but of course, other teachings no, of Jesus but, are saying, right. <laughs> you you need to be suffering along along with right. me here. Yeah, right. That's an important point. It is not deliver me from suffering, because the Lord himself suffered. It's a deliver me from evil, uh, eternal evil, as you said, an eternal grip. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I agree. just checking in. I agree. All right. Yeah. Let's let's take one more phone call. Joe is calling in from Arlington Heights, Illinois. Joe, welcome to the Inner Life. Only a couple minutes left here, Joe, so you need to be quick. Um, I have personalized the Our Father, and it makes it very meaningful for me. So for on earth, instead of saying on earth, I say in my life, specifically whatever problem I'm having. And then for bread, I substitute that for my suggestions to God and how we can resolve the problem. I'm wondering if that might help others, assuming that what I'm doing is correct within church teaching. Oh, well, I, I hesitate to criticize anyone's personal prayer. Your personal prayer is your prayer. However, remember what we said earlier, that it is our Father. It's a corporate prayer. It's the prayer 
that all the church prays together. I, I wouldn't advise individualizing it because I think you could do prayer that's highly individualized without changing the Our Father. I would not advise changing the Our Father. Hmm. Yeah. But it could perhaps propel us into, like you were saying, Father, some of these other more personal prayers as we're reflecting yes. on it. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. Right. Okay, very good. Joe, thank you. Thank you for the for the call, for the uh, ideas and how, again, I mean, it is. it needs to be. I think we've been talking the whole show about that. It needs to be a very personalized prayer, um, even if we say the words first and then reflect on those words, and then we use that to let us get into kind of the the things of the day, the things that we are facing each and every day. Well, Father, um, as the Our Father is such is so pervasive, what about just a word from you here in, a, in the minute or so before we ask for your blessing? A word from you on, because it can become so familiar, um, it can be easy to just, uh, to just kind of rattle it off, you know what I mean, without reflecting on it, without uh, letting it penetrate into our hearts, our souls, our minds. Any suggestions that you might have to help us just to encounter it afresh? Yes, uh, slow it down. The hmm. Lord did not teach it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. You know, it was... It was taught probably very deliberately, and we should slow it down when we pray it and to linger over certain images and words. Now, during Mass, that's not realistic. I understand that. But in our personal prayer, when we pray it, slow it down, linger over it, think about it. And yes, you can personalize it, what does daily bread mean for me? You know, what does that daily bread mean? Who do I need to forgive? That is sometimes something I think about when I pray it. Okay, who is it that I need to forgive? Um, that's a good way to make sure it does not become simply a rote prayer. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I appreciate that, certainly. And uh, sometimes, I, I believe I've even received in penance, as penance a couple times in confession, I want you to pray the Our Father slowly and deliberately. And that's been really right, fruitful right. and meaningful for me. Well, Father, it's been a great discussion on the Our Father. Hey, Obviously, yeah. much more to talk about. But uh, it's I think there's some great stuff for us to chew on. May we have your blessing, please, before we let you go? Absolutely. May our Father in heaven bless you may his face shine upon you may he draw near to you may he forgive you and help you to forgive others and may he give you all that you need to come to heaven in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen amen that's father jim goins who has been our spiritual director today tomorrow we're going to do an introduction to the gospels with father mike martin i hope you can join us for that coming up next the holy sacrifice of the mass until tomorrow grace and peace